Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Welcome, South Coast uh, Christian. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, Welcome to our online service here uh, this morning, and we're so glad that you're uh, with us. Uh, We are continuing our series about Flip This House. This is like our fourth or fifth week in this series. And if you're just joining us for the first time, uh, this is a series that's really talking about remodeling your home. And really we're applying that to our lives. How do we remodel our lives? How do we uh, make our lives in in such a way um, spiritually where we are more receptive to the things of God, that we are more receptive to the power of His Spirit, and, and we're more loving and kind to to others. Remember that we are God's creation and he desires to have relationship with you and me. The Apostle Paul writes these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 uh, verse 16. He says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that the spirit dwells in you? When we make the decision to follow Jesus at that point, our lives should be in a change mode. We should be willing to change to whatever God desires for you and for me. We no longer are choosing lives for ourselves, but we are choosing to live for Jesus. And his presence in our lives should be constantly changing us from the inside out. I'm, uh, each year I get older, just as you guys do, I'm 55 years old now. And the, the older I get, the more I recognize how, my, how, how many faults I truly have. I have not always seen them, but God keeps... God's Spirit keeps revealing things in my life, those areas in my life that I need to change. So as God's vessel, a place where God's Spirit resides in our lives, I have to be open and allow God to change me. And change only happens when we remain humble and we keep a repentant heart. When we, when we have a repentant heart and we remain humble, guess what? God is able to change our lives. Annette and I decided recently to paint our house. And through the years, um, our house has had a lot of repair work done on the outside. And, and as each contractor's come in and done some work, uh, they've tried to do the repair work on it. And some of this is before we even owned the house. And, and uh, they try to match the, the color of the paint on the outside. And just a few months ago, we were, we were pulling into our driveway and Ness is looking at our house. And she, she, she looks at me and says, Tom, do you realize we have like three to four different shades on our house, the different colors of our house. And our house is kind of a taupe color. And there's one part that's a little pale. There's another part that actually has a little mauve to it. And we have all these different shades. And she was getting embarrassed telling me, man, we have, we have a multicolor house, Tom. Our, our house is bringing down the value of everybody else's house. It wasn't quite that bad, but it, it was getting there. And uh, so we decided to go ahead and paint our house, and we're in the process of doing that right now, and, and it's looking great, and, and because it's just not cool to be that house on the, on the, in the block. And so we're making an investment to bring some change in our home. Our house is getting painted. It's a great reminder that our lives are a reflection of who Jesus is. We, we can't just let happenstance or status quo direct our lives. We need to allow God to continue to change us into his image. That's what we are as Christ's followers. Guess what? He's going to change us. When the Spirit of God comes into our lives, it's naturally going to change who we are. Paul writes these words in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. He says, put on your new nature, 
created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We need to embrace the change that God has for our lives. Over the last couple of weeks uh, in our sermon series here, we've been remodeling different rooms in the house and we've remodeled the kitchen and we have remodeled the bathroom. And today we're going to step into the living room or family room or great room, whatever you want to call that area of your house where, where basically you have the couches, you have the nice comfy chairs. It's a place where you're trying to create an experience where people can come in and, and enjoy relationship with one another. These rooms are usually set up for social activities and entertainment. It's a place where people feel comfortable. It's where they feel welcomed. It's also a place where not just as a family want to hang out, but it's also a place where you can bring guests into your home and, and make them feel welcomed. If you enter into our house, uh, it's kind of funny because as you enter into our house, you enter right into our living room. And the very first thing that you see in our living room is a big pool table. And uh, you asked me, how did I get that through by a net? I've had it for like 15 years, so it's been successful. I keep on claiming that it's really an instrument that builds relationships. That's why I keep on claiming. But as you walk from our living room, you go into our family room. That's where we have our couch and our love seat. And our family room is connected to the uh, to the kitchen, and you'll see some of our pictures of, of, of family members, and we have a television on the one side of our, our family room, but it's a hangout place. It's a place that we can build relationships. It's a place that we ask when pe- people come over, they can hang out and be with us as well. So what does your life look like when it comes to your family room or your living room? What does your, look like, what does your life look like when it comes to relationships? Do you have healthy relationships? Are you connecting with people? I know that during this quarantine time, this is the area of our life that is being hit the hardest and it's driving a lot of us crazy. And we've been talking about it as a staff as well because it's so unhealthy that we don't don't have that fellowship time that we, we normally have been able to experience. We are built for relationships. And it's really unnatural to be quarantined away from friendships and relationships. But the quarantine is beginning to be lifted. I believe that soon we're going to be back into our church, maybe not quite as normal, but we'll be back in our church worshiping together and listening to God's word. So that time is coming, so hang on for that hope there. But I think for the, for, for the most of us, uh, we're recognizing how much we miss having community together. We miss that. We desire that. I think it's because God created us that way. And hopefully, when we actually come back together, we're going to have a more, more of an appreciation for one another and the relationships that we spend together. I, I hope that when we come back together through this time, that we're going to cherish our relationships even more. Now, if you're sitting in your home right now wearing your mask and you're by yourself, you're single, and you're in your house wearing your mask, and, and your living room is... is is full of uh, uh, toilet paper and, uh, uh, you know, the, the dispensers and all the different things for sanita- sanitizing, and that's where you're at. Well, guess what? It might be time for intervention because God never designed you to be living a life like that. God designed us for community. We, never, we were never designed to live in isolation and in fear. We were designed to live in fellowship and in faith. So let's take some time today and remodel that living room or that family room, that great room in your house, and let's take that time to remodel into our lives. 
Today I affirm to you that fellowship is essential to the body of Christ. It is essential to the body of Christ. And we must continue to practice fellowship even during difficult times. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you out of the book of Philippians. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi. And it's really a, a thank you letter from the Apostle Paul to his friends. It's basically, yeah, Paul is uh, just, man, he's in great gratitude and thankfulness for who they are in his life. And he's writing this letter to them. And as you read this letter, it's really easy to forget that Paul is actually writing this letter from prison. He's in prison, most likely he's in Rome while he's in prison there, and he's writing this letter to his friends, and if you read the letter, you'll discover that there's really not sadness in his letter. It's actually a letter of encouragement to the, to the ones that he loves. It's filled with joy. It's a wonderful letter, and I encourage you this week to take some time. It's four chapters. It's not that long. Take some time to read Philippians this week because I think it's going to encourage you in your walk with Christ this week. Um, I want to read the first 11 verses uh, of Paul's letter to the Philippians. So we're going to start in Philippians chapter 1, and we're going to read through uh, verses 1 through 11. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until, until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and how I long for, for you with a tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today, and I pray, God, that your word will penetrate our hearts I pray, God, that it will go into those crevices of our life that sometimes we forget about that just need to be cleaned out. I pray, God, that you will change us today, Lord God, to be continually to be more and more like you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for your power of your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. As we remodel our living room, family room, great room, I want to share some essential reasons why community together is so vital to our lives and to the lives of others. The first thing, and I'm, I'm speaking spe specifically about the community of the church, about believers uh, coming together in relationships. So the first thing I want to share is fellowship is essential because it's a reflection of God. Paul opens his letter by addressing to all of God's holy people in Philippi. 
It's an interesting beginning because Paul immediately begins by reminding his friends who they are. Who they are in Christ. They are holy in Christ. If you look at the ESV, the English Standard Version translation of this, you'll find out that it actually calls us saints. Did you know that you're a saint? According to the Apostle Paul, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, guess what? You're a saint. I heard a story or I read a story the other day. It was kind of a cute story about a little boy who attended a, a Catholic church and as he walked into this Catholic church, it's beautiful, and there's these beautiful stained glass windows. And he looked around the room, and there was the windows of St. Matthew and St. Mark and St. John. And, and, and all of these saints were in stained glass windows with the, with the sunlight shining through them. And it was just an absolutely beautiful scene. And, and this one man walks up to this young boy and he says, what is a saint? What is a saint? And this little boy responds, he says, a saint is a person through whom light shines through. And I thought about that. I thought, man, that's a great explanation of who we are in Christ. We literally are Christ in us, his spirit in us, shining out of us, and it's a reflection of who God is in our lives. It's a great reminder for all of us. Together, in fellowship as a church, we are a reflection of who God is. It's all of us serving together that reflects God's glory. This doesn't mean that the church is accepted by all. In fact, we know that Jesus was actually rejected. He wasn't accepted by all. So we shouldn't expect that the church, and, we, and it shouldn't even be our goal to be accepted by all. What we really want to do is just love God and love others and, and be a reflection of his goodness. People have to make the choice regarding that. But let's be a saint, God's holy people, where his presence can flow through. We are a reflection of God's presence when we remain in unity and in fellowship together. The second thing I want to share from this passage of Scripture is fellowship is essential because it encourages us. You can see this in verse 3 of Philippians chapter 1, and I encourage you as, as you're sitting in your living room or wherever you might be watching this broadcast, just leave your Bible open there in Philippians chapter 1 because I'll be referencing that throughout the rest of this message. But you see it in verse 3, and, and the family room should be a place of encouragement. It should be a place that lifts one another up. It should be a place that, it shouldn't be a place that tears down people. And if your family room is discouraging, then that's why we're talking about this whole sermon series uh, over the last several weeks is, hey, let's tear that down. Let's rebuild again. Let's create an atmosphere or an environment that brings encouragement into our lives and not discouragement. That's what we're here to do. Listen to the words that the Apostle Paul writes to his friends. He says in verse 3, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Paul was encouraged by the people of Philippi. They truly loved Paul, and Paul truly loved those people. It was a friendship that Paul could lean on. Even Think about this. He's in prison writing this letter, and he's thinking about his friends in Philippi, and it brought him encouragement into his life. That's what fellowship, that's what relationship with the body of Christ does for you and for me. It encourages us. We all face different crises in our life. During crisis, we need to have godly friendships that surround us. It's important to feel God's presence, but it's also important to have Christian community that is supporting us. Paul had a community in Philippi 
that supported him, even while in prison. And Paul, even from his prison, provided great encouragement to them through this letter, through the letter that he's writing, that he's penning, that he's sending to them. Guess what? It was going to bring encouragement to those friends of his in Philippi. It's a great reminder that we should never let our circumstances limit us from bringing fellowship and encouragement to one another. I'm going to say it again because there are certain things I want to, for you to catch today. This is one of them. It's a great reminder that we should never let our circumstances limit us from bringing fellowship and encouragement to one another. Just because we're in quarantine doesn't mean that we should limit ourselves in the sense of Paul found a way. He wrote a letter. He, he, he found a way to bring encouragement to one another. In Hebrews, it states this in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. The third thing I want to share from this passage of Scripture is that fellowship is essential because it focuses on others. The whole idea of, of building relationship is that you're focusing on others. Philippians chapter 1, verse 4 here. Listen to Paul's words. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. When Paul was in that prison, and as he, and as he is praying, there were names that were going through his mind, names that he had met there in Philippi, and he was praying for them. Think of the power of that just, that, just that thought alone, that he wasn't stuck in his own circumstances, that he wasn't in prison, even though he was in prison, he wasn't in prison, because you know what? His focus was not on himself. His focus was outward. His focus was on others. That would bring encouragement into his life as he's encouraging others. He didn't get stuck in his own self-pity party. Instead, he's writing letters of encouragement. In fact, a lot of the, the Apostle Paul's letters that we have, guess what? They're written from prison. Our fellowship with others is vital because it keeps us outward focus. It helps us remember that the world is bigger than just me. The living room and the family room of our lives should expand and get bigger and bigger and bigger so that we can have fellowship with more and more people. We're called to love one another. Not that you have to be close to everyone, but man, your love should be visible by all. The Apostle Paul had a big family room. Jesus had a great room, okay? He had a huge room. It might not be a physical room that you can see, but it was room in their heart for others, and that room was big. What, what room do you have in your heart for others? It's so important that as we fellowship, guess what? It takes our focus off of ourselves, and it puts it on others. Remember, the two greatest commandments that Jesus gives us is to remember to love God and love others. The fourth uh, essential item for fellowship is because it strengthens us. We see this in verse 5. Paul writes, For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. 
Paul had ministry partners. He didn't do this ministry alone. He had people around him. He had a team that strengthened him for the journey that God had called him to. He wasn't trying to just be, a, you know, a, a, just a, a lone survivor out there. Or a, a, he was actually bringing people with him, and they were doing the ministry with him. They were pioneers together. We all need people around us, not only to encourage us, but we need people around us to strengthen us. Paul couldn't even write his own letters. I don't know if you realize that, but Paul didn't write his own letters. They were his words, but his eyesight was so poor that he needed someone else to write his letters. Because we know this because at the end of a couple of his letters, he would write his own name. He says, look, I pinned this in my own name. And there were large letters because his eyesight was failing. Paul was in prison when he wrote most of these letters. He couldn't deliver these letters to people. He needed someone else. He needed someone else to help strengthen him. He had friends that would go and deliver these letters to other cities that he had ministered to. The last thing I thought about was that Paul never traveled alone on his missionary journeys. He always had someone with him. He brought someone along so that he knew that when having someone else with him, it would bring greater strength to his missionary journey. This church that Paul is writing this letter to in Philippi, um, it was birthed out of a time when Paul was in prison there. I don't know if you remember the story, but he delivered this uh, girl from a demonic spirit. And, and because he had done that, they locked him up in prison. You can read the story for yourself. I think it's in Acts 16. But they locked him up in prison. And if you remember, as Paul's getting locked in prison, he wasn't alone. He had his sidekick with him. He had Silas with him. Silas was along on the missionary journey. And when you find him in prison, they're shackled there. And they had been just badly beaten. And what do you find this Paul and Silas doing? You find them singing praise to God. It's about midnight that's taking place and they're singing praises to God. And in the scripture it states that, guess what? The other prisoners were listening to Paul and Silas singing praises to God. They were strengthening one another because they had community. They had fellowship together. The jailer from that story is most likely one of the founding members of the church of Philippi because it was the jailer that was about ready to commit suicide in that story. And Paul stopped him because they had not escaped. There was a great earthquake that took place around midnight as Paul and Silas were, were singing praises to God. And it gave them the opportunity to escape. But Paul and Silas chose not to. They stayed in prison there. And they saw the jailer and he was about ready to commit suicide because he thought everybody had escaped. And so he was going to be executed anyhow. And so they stopped him. Paul shouted out to him. He said, stop, don't kill yourself. And from that point, guess what takes place? All of a sudden, that strength that Paul and Silas had got transferred on to this jailer. He was given strength. He didn't commit suicide. In fact, his, it says in Scripture, his whole family was saved. They were baptized. They were the founding members of the church in Philippi, it's a, it's a tremendous story. And what it reminds me today as I share this with you is that there's tremendous power in agreement. When we have agreement with one another in fellowship, we can find great strength in that. In Ecclesiastes, it states that a three-chord strand is not easily broken. There is strength in fellowship with one another. The fifth thing I want to share from this passage of Scripture is that fellowship is essential because it brings intimacy into our lives. We need to remember in life that we are not alone. 
Sometimes you might be sitting in your living room right now through this whole quarantine and this whole coronavirus and under quarantine, and you might be thinking that you're completely alone. And I declare to you today, not only is the presence of God with you, but you could expand your borders. You could expand your, your horizons. And guess what? There are other Christians out there that would love to build relationship and fellowship with you. You don't have to be alone. That's a choice that you're making, but you could choose to be in fellowship with one another. South Coast Christian is a great place to be in fellowship with other Christians. We need to remember we're not alone. We're designed for intimacy. Keep in mind when God created Adam, he said it's not good for man to be alone. Some think that this is referring to sex. I mean, I've heard this a lot of times. Well, yeah, it's not good for man to, to be alone, you know. And, and, but it's not referring to sex. It's referring to intimacy. We all need relationship. We all need love. We all need intimacy. Intimacy is about closeness. It's about togetherness. It's about bonds of friendship. It goes beyond even a marriage situation. You can have intimacy with one another in friendships. Listen to the words that the Apostle Paul uses in this letter to the church in Philippi. In verse 7, he states, You have a special place in my heart. Sounds like intimacy to me. In verse 8, Paul says, God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. There was a bond between one another, a brotherly love, a sisterly love in Christ because we are the family of God. In fact, sometimes when people come to Christ, guess what? Their family becomes closer at the church because if they have family that's not serving Jesus, sometimes those relationships are hard to continue to maintain and they're hard to continue to develop. And all of a sudden, guess what? The church becomes your family. Fellowship is essential. It draws us closer to others, and it brings intimacy into our lives. And together, they, this church, the Philippi, all of them, and together they experience a closer intimacy with God because of a bond that they shared as the Philippian believers supported Paul in his ministry and supported him while he was in prison. That bond continued to grow because they were doing life together. The last thought I want to share with you uh, today is this. Fellowship is essential because it helps us grow. You can find that in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, and also in verses 9 through 11. Fellowship helps us to think of others and not just think about ourselves. Thinking and believing for others is a key, key to spiritual growth. Remember, the second greatest commandment is to love others. When we came together, especially in small groups, guess what? We're loving others one another in bible studies we're loving one another we're growing together these are the times that strengthen each other where we learn from others and grow in our faith we need those times in our church we have small groups we have bible studies we have opportunities where you can come together we have our youth ministries our children's ministries those are important places for us to come together because when we come together all of a sudden what happens in our lives as one person because we all have different gifts the bible talks about it we've all been given gifts and we are called to use those gifts to help others grow so when we come together a teacher a, a musician a singer Maybe you have the, just the gift of hospitality upon you. 
when we use all those gifts together, guess what? We all begin to grow in greater ways. God has given each and every one of us a gift. And that gift is meant to be used to glorify Him. We are the church. We are the body of believers standing together for one another. Listen to what Paul writes in verse 9. He writes, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep growing in knowledge and understanding. The growth in our lives takes place when we as a church continue to love one another. It is Jesus who produces the growth. He is Jesus who produces the character in our lives. But many times, and catch this thought, many times it's his love shining through others that produces the growth in your life. Many times what takes place in a Bible study or a small group, all of a sudden, just a light that shines through someone else, and it's literally the Spirit of God. It's Christ illuminating through a person's life, and it touches you, and guess what takes place? Both of you begin to grow because you're doing community and fellowship together. It's important. It's important. Today, I encourage you. Let's start remodeling that room in your heart that God had designed for fellowship and encouragement and relationship with one another. Maybe that room had kind of shrunk up a little bit. Maybe that room has a lot of clutter inside that room and it's not really usable anymore. Well, guess what? Let's start taking the clutter out of there. We've already done that, but you can go back to my message as we talked about the demolition process. Let's clear that room out and let's start rebuilding our fellowship room, that room, that living space where we can encourage and love one another in Christ Jesus. Because when we do that together, we all benefit together. We all grow in Christ. It's a wonderful thing. How God designed us and how God designed our life and how God designed the church, it's a beautiful thing. As we continue to commit to that, and even during this quarantine time, where it feels like we're shut away, it feels like, man, our life has been reduced to, to, you know, so limited. So many of you, you know, we're struggling with just the little things of life right now. Well, guess what? If the Apostle Paul could be locked up in a prison in Rome and still get out words of encouragement to all of his friends, then let's not give up hope today. Let's continue, let's continue to believe and put our trust in Jesus Christ and let his presence flow through our lives and let's be in fellowship and relationship with one another. We are the church. I'm Pastor Tom here at South Coast Christian, lead pastor, and you know I love you. I say this on a weekly basis. Our church loves you. But the most important thing that you can discover today is that God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ down from heaven onto this earth to be sacrificed for you and for me so that we can not only have relationship with God, but we could have a righteous relationship with one another. There's something that is so glorifying when we step into his presence and allow that change to take place in our lives. Lord Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. It is so powerful. It's life-changing to us, Lord. And I pray as the words that were spoken today, I pray, God, that your presence, the power of your spirit, will touch those words and bring them to life to us this week. Let them change us from the inside out this week. Let us, Lord God, do a remodeling process in that, of that room in our heart, Lord God, 
that is about relationship with others. Let us, Lord God, let your light shine through our life today. We ask it in your wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. We love you here at South Cross Christian. And if you're a guest with us today, and if this is your first time, we encourage you uh, just to continue to keep on online. And we do drive-in church now on Saturday nights at 7.30. Man, we would love for you to be a part of that as well. Come on out to our church here in San Juan Capistrano. You can find our address on our website. And every Saturday night, 7.30, we're doing a drive-in church. But we continue to have an online experience here at 10 a.m. Until we can open these doors, which is coming soon. Uh, we're going to continue that, and we're going to continue to stay in community together. Um, I want to just take a moment as we end to just continue to encourage everyone. Continue to remain faithful with your giving, with your tithes, with your offerings. Uh, we as a church, we need the finances to be able to keep our organization moving forward. And our organization is the greatest organization in the world. It's the church of Jesus Christ. It's the church of God. It's a church that makes a difference. It's a church that can, that can tear down walls in people's lives. And, and we need our church together working forward for one mission, and that is to change lives. And let me share a scripture with you in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Let's keep honoring God even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Because as we honor God, guess what takes place in our lives? We are letting light shine through our lives into other people. They, re they see it, they recognize it. Do Christians, do Christians all of a sudden pull back when t difficult times come our way? No, we stand strong. And we believe in an all-powerful, miracle-working God. And He's working on your behalf today. Love you here today. Thank you for your continued giving. You can give on our website, our church app, or you can actually mail any gifts into the church as well. We love you. We're just praying for you this week that God gives you a great week. And be in fellowship with one another this week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.